0: welcome to another episode of the vineyard nordic podcast my name is Yoon. the vineyard nordic podcast is the best way to stay up to date with the latest news and inspiring stories relating to how god is at work in the vineyard nordic community
1: we were doing a gig driving together with a friend and of course we started talking about spirituality and god and i told her about the come holy spirit type of spirituality i say maybe you want to try it we can try it now I'm driving so I can't really lay my hands on you, but I can say that come Holy Spirit and you can just sit there and wait. So we did. I mean, it happened in the car as well. The power of God hit her and after that you feel like, wow, this is crazy. I could do this every day. God could do it anywhere.
0: Today I'm very happy to speak with Andrea Serian. Andreas is a longtime friend of mine and he is married to Tina and together they have three kids and live in the northern part of Stockholm, Sweden. Andreas is a person with more than one string to his bow. Through knowing him for many years and talking to him today it's clear that spirituality and the longing of seeing God moving in powerful ways is a theme that's been with him throughout his whole life. This is a conversation that covers his own life journey, the vineyard DNA and kingdom theology, and real-life experiences of God showing up in the least expected moments. Hope this will inspire and challenge you. So again, very welcome to this episode of the Vineyard Nordic podcast. Uh, And today I'm very happy to have a good friend of mine joining in, and it's Andreas Hedén from Stockholm. Very welcome here. Thank you very much. How are you doing today?
1: I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Is life busy at the moment? or? Yeah, it is. It is busy, but I have a week now with a little better schedule than last week. So, so I'm happy to do this today. Anyway, yeah. So,
0: yeah. And I mean, um, we know, I mean, you you and I know each other since, I mean, nine, 10 years back, I think, when we yeah. first came to Stockholm and joined Stockholm Vineyard. Yeah. And you, at that time, you served as a pastor, uh, but you also been working from time to time as a carpenter and also many years, I mean, maybe your whole life almost as a freelancing uh, in music and songwriting. And That's actually great. today you're out touring. Uh, so you're... You're having this uh, break now for a week um, and you're touring with the Swedish artist Thomas Andersson v. So you are, um, if you can say, a person with more than one string to your bow. Uh, oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, 51 years old. I'm married, three kids, <clears throat> live in Stockholm, as you said. And uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've been playing music my whole life. I've also been spiritual my whole life, even since, since a kid and in different times in my life, I've been uh, focusing more on one aspect, one area. So like you said, I've been pastoring for a while, but I've also been working with other things for, I mean, in different periods of time. And right now I'm, I'm in a pyramid, a very intense period actually with music. So I'm full time in that uh, at the moment. And uh, traveling a little bit more than I used to do, since I've had the family and all that, I've been uh, staying more at home. And as a touring musician, you're you're away quite a lot, and it fits well in our life right now. So, as you said, I'm back home now for a week or so, and then I'm going out again. But it's fun. Yeah, I'm having a good time now in my life, and intense. That sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, what do you like to do on your free time then? <laughs> I'm getting old, I guess. I like <laughs> kind of uh, being outdoors. Be, uh, maybe maybe not outdoors as much as in my garden, doing, fixing things and building a, like, a, I don't know, uh, or, or making cider or, uh, I mean, doing practical things. Since, I, I mean, if you're up playing or even if you're pastoring, it's good to kind of, do something really different and uh, get out maybe and have some fresh air and all that so so I, I enjoy that now when i'm home staying out and i mean eating good and drinking and hanging out with my family and my wife yeah that's and, what i like to and do. May- yeah and maybe
0: have uh, some good routines when sleeping and stuff when it's yeah, not playing yeah, all night and <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, that's good. Be grown uh, up. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. But uh, and if you were to describe yourself with three words, how would you describe yourself
1: then? Well, that's not easy. I would probably need to say God, because it's so much about God uh, in my life. And uh, probably also music. And then the third word, what would that be? Uh, probably something with the brain. <laughs> I like to think. Yeah, I, I say guess... brain, let's say brain. Brain, that sounds good. God, <laughs> <Bad> I... <laughs> brain,
0: music. And, and I mean, music is uh, maybe more obvious and, and also God, but let us open up the brain part a little bit more. <laughs> can you describe i sure
1: you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know it can go very
0: far, but no. uh, a small piece.
1: <laughs> the brain part is that I like to read books. I'm also interested in like philosophy and things like that. Uh, I like to think and, and read and, and, and discuss with people. I'm not afraid of twisting and turning subjects and, uh, I mean, try to think, uh, maybe even thinking new ways in, in some sense. I like to do that. So so that's what I mean with that. I, I'm not, it's not really that I, I'm necessarily very smart or anything. It's just that I like to use my brain uh, and try to think through things. Hmm. Yeah, that's good.
0: And uh, to open up also, I want to ask some short quick questions here for you. Okay. So,
1: the first one, what is your definition of leadership? Maybe it's it's uh having a following. Look at the followers. If you have followers, you're a leader. That's kind of thing. Maybe not as much as a uh, definition in in a technical sense, but some people are leaders. So you can see that because people follow them. So, so so that, that that will be something for me Pe- people that naturally draws followers. Mm, yeah, that's good. And
0: the last question, what are you dreaming of right now?
1: Right now I'm dreaming quite a lot about uh, artistic and musical things. And it's also different periods like I said in my life. Right now when when I'm j- I'm laying down and, I mean before I get to sleep, I mean thoughts are I mean I'm thinking and seeing or or hearing and new music and new things that I, that i can do so, so it's it's about that right now mm. that's good and
0: to move on a little bit about you and to get to know you more and and hear stories from your life we we usually have this part in the episode where we ask for like three situations or happenings in your life that have shaped who you are today and what were those turning points so please uh, share for us around that
1: uh, I think I need to start pretty early. I mean, it was actually not just one experience, but I had powerful spiritual experiences when I was even before my teenage years, uh, where I, I I can't really say it in a different way that I kind of felt and and heard and maybe even saw God uh, and His uh, love for me. So I was very in a very early age i i knew god loved me and that he he wanted to use me and and things like that so it's it was a few powerful experiences and that was all alone i mean there was no no other people involved in that and that has really has shaped me i've that i i've noticed that when i talk with Talk to friends, especially friends that are not really Christians. When they when we talk about our lives, then I always get back to that because they ask me where, where where does your spirituality come from and and all that. And I always end up talking about uh, very strong, you might say, mystical experiences when I was a, ca- a kid, and there was a few of them. So that has shaped me a lot. How did those I mean experiences shape you? Uh, they shaped me, I guess in my self confidence i've always been pretty self confident i'm i kind of knew that i was okay the way i was even if i was different because i've always been a little bit different but that i i i feel secure as a person and i think that that translates to many areas in my life and i could trace that confidence to my experience with uh with god and and myself in relationship to god so so it's shaped, it's shaped my view that my view of myself i would say mm. so it
0: it was like the experiences with god and spirituality kind of gave you this stable ground yeah, like fa- a foundation foundation yeah a foundation. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, cause I, I guess for the, for young people, I mean, in all ages, but especially today, there's so much uh, going on and so many things, uh, what do you say? Pushing. Yeah. From, yeah. From, pulling. Uh, and pushing. Yeah, pull, yeah. And uh, to really, like you say, like finding that foundation in something bigger and greater maybe helps you to stand not against, but being able to deal with all those uh, things that are pulling and pushing you. And you have this maybe clear, yeah. View not- through that,
1: yeah. Because yeah, I'm I'm noticed in throughout my life a lot when I talk with friends that many struggle a lot with people's expectations uh, and uh, and things like that that they want to to make sure that they're okay in the eyes of others all the time. And I I haven't really struggling a lot with that because have I feel pretty okay. <laughs> I mean, anyway, I, I am okay. I don't need to prove myself. So that has shaped me and that has helped me. And I mean, for example, if you work in music, it could be a very stressful thing that people always have to evaluate you, or or you you have to, to try really hard to, to please other people. And that it's a huge difference if you feel already okay before you start playing. So you know, whatever I do today or tonight, I'm okay. My worth is not de- dependent on the, how many people cheer me up or anything, or liked what I do, because if I like it and God likes it, that's enough kind of thing. So, so it, it feels, especially when you talk to friends that are not super Christians, it feels pretty spiritual to say, Things like that. That I live for God, or I, where I play for God, or but, but that's actually what it is. Mm. Yeah, it's a dimension that if you're not a
0: believer, you don't have that dimension. Uh, no, and yeah. I guess everything is to fulfill some kind of need and feedback from people around you.
1: Mm. Yeah, other experiences that have shaped me uh, <clears throat> when I was a teenager. I also had some prophetic experiences, I mean, with other people involved as well, people that confirmed what I already knew in my heart from early age, uh, that God wanted to use me. Uh, So I've had a few of those where, where people told me things that... Uh, that they saw what what God wanted to do in my life, and I I've already sensed that, and so it it felt like a, much more like a confirmation of what I already uh, knew, and those experiences has shaped me in a way that I I kind of knew where where I was going, and I and 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 for me it was it was very practical also, so that could be that I knew that God had called me to to a certain city or whatever it was. So I kind of, I just moved there. And I I mean, even if I didn't know, I mean, for example, the prophetic experience led me and my then fiance to move to, to sit in Sweden as missionaries, but we didn't have any job. We didn't have any, any apartment. We didn't have any money. We didn't have anything except we had that prophetic, we just knew we're supposed to, to move to that city. So I've, I and Tina and our family, we have made decisions based on prophetic experiences. And I mean, I guess our families and our friends thought we were pretty crazy because usually you you planning much better than we did. But the, the prophetic uh, dimension in my life, has been very 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 strong and shaped me a lot so that's maybe that's not one experience but rather one dimension that has shaped and still continues to shape my life yeah it's a
0: way of living life and viewing life
1: maybe yeah
0: it is it is and i mean speaking about spirituality and stuff i mean that's kind of the the theme f- throughout your whole life uh, I would say and and it's also something that we are thinking I mean we were planning to speak about today also yeah, and, and yeah. out of the vineyard movement as a I mean spiritual movement in a way and mm-hmm. and can you tell us a bit about the, i mean the vineyard's history and the kingdom theology part
1: Yeah I could start with when I was 20 years old when John Wimber who was a leader in the vineyard He came to Sweden. And as I said before, the spirituality and the mystical or or, uh, the spiritual part was very important for me. So when I first went to this Vineyard Conference, what struck me and most everyone I would say that attended this big conference was that it was not just talking, but it was also what what John Wimber used to say, doing the stuff or. Uh, so it was both a very profound yet simple emphasis on the main theme of Jesus' teaching, the kingdom of God. I've read that because I grew up in a Christian home and I've heard about the kingdom of God. I couldn't really explain what it was, though. It was all over the place, but I didn't know exactly what it was. So, so the teaching was, in, in one sense, very simple. He kind of explained that the main theme of the teachings and the life and ministry of Jesus was that the rule and reign of God has come to earth to restore and, and heal everything that is broken. And that has started with Jesus, and He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and He has anointed me to preach and teach and do the works of the kingdom. So so the teaching was fairly easy that God's rule and reign has come to earth through Jesus, and it's not here in its fullness. It's here now, but not yet in its fullness, so we can see the signs of the kingdom. and uh, I mean, the signs would be the good news preached to the poor and, and restoration and all that, but also the signs could also be healing, physical healing. There could be people freed from demonic forces, so that was the teaching. And then he said, okay, now let's do this stuff. And we stopped and we waited. And then the Spirit moved among us and did all the things he talked about. So it was both and. It was word and deed. It was like uh, practical and theoretical. So, so the combination really struck with me because I had the experiences even since I was a kid. But now I met a Christian movement that... Kind of also gave me a theological framework to understand my experiences, both my uh, spiritual, I mean, positive experiences, but also helped me to interpret the struggle I myself and my friends and, and the world experiences. The world was under oppression, the world is struggling with sickness and disease. The world is struggling with guilt, and it's already here. So we are already on the battlefield, and this message felt to me like, wow, if this is true, this is amazing. And then also John Wimber said that the kingdom of God is near, and it's not about special people with special giftings and all that. It's much more about, it's a different reality. This is, if the kingdom of God is near through the, uh, the workings of the spirit right now—it's available. It's at hand. It's so close that you could almost touch it. So you could do this. You could pray, and you could expect the spirit to do similar things. I mean, anything could happen. So that the whole thing shaped me a lot. And I—I just—I I remember I bought the John Wimber's book. I think it was Power Healing, and I so loved the vibe. <laughs> I can, can't really explain, it, but. It, it was. It, he was honest and humble. Yet it was so powerful message. So I so loved it. So I took it in my bed. He put it under my pillow because when I read it, and then I, I just want to stay in this. I just, <laughs> I just, I so much loved that this is true. If this is true, that will be wonderful. I want to be like him. I want to do, do the stuff like him. I, I just don't don't want to talk. I want to do it as well. So. Mm. So that's how I would explain the kingdom, uh, I mean, the experience and the interpretations, the theology and the practice of of the kingdom of God.
0: Yeah, and I think what you say is also, I mean, I I wasn't around at that time, but I mean, that's also what stuck with me is this thing like to do the things, not just talking about it, not just believing in it or make PowerPoint presentations about it, (laughs) but really do the stuff. How was that different for you compared to what you have heard and been around before in churches or
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean in my everyday church experience as a young christian there was basically mostly talking church was about talking and believing things it, it was not just about it was not as much as doing things or even god doing things it was more talking so that was uh, my general experience but uh, as i said so many times already, I have personally had experiences of God doing things. So I knew He did that, but that was not a regular part of church life or anything. But I did experience similar things like I did in the Vineyard conferences, uh, maybe in the youth camp or through certain people had that expectation and that practice. And I've always been drawn to people like that. Uh, I had a mentor when I was young. He was not a vineyard or anything, but he also talked about the Christian life. He explained it. It's like you buy a dishwasher or laundry machine or something like that, and you get the ma- manual and you sit and read it day in and day out. And you just, I mean, you you make notes and, and you do teaching series on the manual and all that, but you never start the machine. So... So that's how I expected it. There's a few people that actually push the button and, and see if it works. So that was something that I had experienced. But for me, this experience that I found in the in the in the vineyard conference it was like, this is they would try to build a church and a movement on this. It's not a, a peripheral aspect, but this is like in the set right at the center of the church is doing. The stuff, it's kingdom theology and practice put right at the center of church life and Christian life. That was different. I mean, most church traditions that I was familiar with, they embraced things like this, but they were usually pretty fringe, or a few people, or maybe the more radical or extreme or super spiritual people did this. But this was different in a way that it was put right into the center, and this was mainstream. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, speaking about that, what are the kind of more uh, practical experiences of the Holy Spirit that, I mean, you have seen, but also has been part of the movement, like to be more clear on this, like doing the stuff. How can it look like? How has it looked like? I mean, like you say, it's, it's not like super dramatic all the time. It's not just the spiritual people doing this. It's like everyone can do it and it can be very natural. Things. I mean, what are the experience
1: you can share? But but, but maybe I, I could start with yeah. it. I mean, the, the vineyard early on in the vineyard in the states. This was way before I met it. But I've I've learned, I've read, I've listened. I've been so fascinated by by the the story how the spirits fell or started moving on the vineyard early on. Many who have been part of the Vineyard have heard the stories about this young hippie prophetic person called Ronnie Frisbee from the Jesus People movement, the alternative movement. I mean, that, that was not just in Christian circles. it's a huge movement with alternative people. And that swept through a Christian, a spiritual powerful outpouring of the Spirit was touching a lot of people. And that touched the Early vineyard churches, and we had we've we heard the story from the from Mother's Day when John Wimber invited this guy, and he and he was pretty weird, and he was very nervous. John was very nervous what would happen. And he said uh, basically the prayer come, Holy Spirit, and people were started crying, laughing. And they had all sorts of physical experiences. Re- experiences just thrown to the ground and started shaking and i mean the whole the whole experience was very in a sense traumatic for john wimber because it was way outside of normal experiences people were having trances people were i mean uh, it was crazy in a sense but this experience was so strong uh, so that was wonderful. But when the result of that experience was that the young people that were was affected, that was like most of them were very young. They went from that meeting out and started praying for their friends everywhere. So, I mean, hundreds and even thousands of new converts came through the the ordinary people because of that movement. So it was the powerful movings of the Spirit that launched John Wimber and the Vineyard as a renewal kind of Christian movement because they heard about the Spirit is moving among them and they wanted to give it away. So they started traveling and saying that this this is possible for everyone. And many people who, who came were touched in similar ways. They might have started having more, what we would say, supernatural experiences of the power of God coming in them and through them. And they started feeling in their bodies, hearing in their minds, seeing with their spiritual eyes what God was doing. And then they started doing it themselves, and then similar things started happening around them. So I would say that the vineyard is truly a movement, a spiritual movement. And for example, in Sweden, many people were affected. A few of them became instrumental in starting vineyard movement and vineyard churches in Sweden, but most of them remained in other churches. But they brought this spiritual experience. And I meet them all the time. I meet people all the time that has been affected by the power of the Spirit through John Wimber or the Vineyard Movement, but they're not really a vineyard... It's not their church family or anything, but for them, it's like for me, it's a spiritual experience. It was a movement of the Spirit more than strategies and structures and church politics. It it was an experience. God was doing something extraordinary to many people through that. Uh, Christians and non-Christians alike, I mean, that, that was a spiritual movement. And that's kind of right at the core of what I see the vineyard as. It's a spiritual movement. It's something that God has done. And then we build structures and we build strategies and we do things the best way, the best we can. Of course we do that. And it's not that things like that are totally unimportant. I don't say that. Or theology is uh, unimportant, but absolutely not. But still, right at the center of what what I, my experience, and at least of the vineyard, is, it's a spiritual movement it's a move of the spirit that is so essential to who we are it's right at the core of who we are and for me for example i i remember that having had these experiences on like conferences because that was how i started tasting it they were coming vineyard Press was coming every year to sweden and doing conferences and things like that happened and i felt i want to do that as well i want to do this so i, I remember i and we me and my friends we were going to church, like an ordinary uh, mainline denominational church in Sweden, and we've just been to a conference like that. And I felt like, let's try it. Let's say come Holy Spirit in that church. And we did. And things started happening. People's. Laughing and shaking and 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 we had prophetic words to them and it seemed to fit. I mean, I remember I was super young and I had this this person is a missionary, blah blah blah. And I dared to say it. Maybe that was not super wise. But then the day after, it turned out she really was a missionary. She 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 just come back from I mean Africa or something like that. And and she was a missionary and she she. She felt confirmed by that. So it was like I was kind of infected by a disease, a virus, a spiritual virus. And it stuck with me. And it even could spread through us like a spiritual disease. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's so inspiring
0: to hear and also like to see how church, as you say, really birthed out of a movement. It's not birthed out of now we're going to. Put up this uh, one way fits all thing. It's more about like really following what is God doing and, and try to lean into that as good as possible. And of course, as you say, it's good with structures and everything, but that it comes secondary maybe uh, yeah. out of what God is doing. And how I, I mean, can I
1: just yeah, add yeah, yeah. that because it's 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 a very strange uh, mix in um, the guy John Wimber that we talked a lot about. He was not just a mystic or spiritual person. But he was also a consultant in church growth and church development. So that mix was weird. <laughs> if if you if you look at I mean YouTube or any the old conferences, when he when I mean half of the time he was like lecturing like a dry consultant on how to build growing churches. So that was kind of his job. And, and of course, one of the main emphasis in his church growth strategies was the spirit what he calls power evangelism so he said that it's a very good strategic thing if you want to grow growing churches is to invite the spirit so he kind of used uh, I mean church growth consultant perspectives in combination with the spirituality so i would say that strategies and structures and things like that was important for him but always in combination uh, with the spirit and the spiritual. So it's both and. And I would, I would say that in vineyard circles, people could come into the movement from different angles. Maybe some were attracted to the strategic church growth, hands-on pragmatism that characterized Vineyard and John Wimber. So they came in through that and then they kind of got the spiritual spiritual stuff I mean as well but they came through that others may might come through the biblical theological emphasis on the kingdom of god they feel this is like this is theologically and biblically sound so they come through the theology door others came through the spiritual experience door. But what I I would say, even say, the genius of this construct is that keeping these things together, and it's also that hard part of being a vineyard movement, because I see that sometimes we just want to have the spiritual and the chaos. Because if you, I mean, we've been through times in our movement where it's been crazy. It's been absolutely crazy what God has done. And some people are attracted to the crazy spiritual things, but they don't like emphasis on theology or church growth strategies and, and all that. So it's very easy that we kind of lose the big picture and we get so stuck into one aspect of it. But, well, what I would say in the DNA or the specific genius of the vineyard churches that I was attracted to was keeping those things together both the spiritual side the theological reflection and also the I mean the strategic evangelistic church planting movement side as well and having them together for me it's been I mean I've almost sensed the need to really step on the spiritual pedal uh, in our movement for years now because we're getting so good at many other aspects and that's not a problem that's beautiful that we have good strategies or maybe good theology i don't know if, if that's our strength right now but i mean if it is then still i feel that we but we can't really lose the spiritual side for if you do that we lose everything anyway so so this is uh, uh, what i see in the dna and the and the the, the specific uh, way we do church is that we, we it's so important to keep those aspects together but never lose one of the other i mean Mm. aspects
0: yeah that's really good and and i mean speaking about the spiritual part like how often we can put that in a box when it comes to non-believers like oh that's maybe weird or that might be too intense for people or you know we want to talk more theoretical about things and it's going to be seeker friendly and all of those things but i mean you are a person that are really you know Since I know you're really close to the spiritual part and you you don't want to kind of hide that (laughs) with anyone or anywhere. Uh, And I mean, what role do you see that the spirituality plays in our relationships with people that are not
1: yet believers or are on their way, maybe? I would say that it's extremely important. That's maybe the thing. We're about God. And if we're about God and that the kingdom of God is near, then the experiential side of Christian life is extremely important for uh, people that are not really Christian. And I've never been convinced by the so-called seeker-sensitive or seeker. I mean, the way that we try to do church and hide the spiritual side, or maybe we place the spiritual side in way out in the peripheral so that people won't be offended by that and all that. I what I really liked with with John Wimber's emphasis, he he talked about power evangelism. And, and he he said that the power side of Christian faith, the the power the spiritual, the power of the spirit is actually super important for the way we present the gospel. That's actually part of the good news. So we need to be open and also really striving and seeking to see the power of God in the relationship with the non-Christians, because God is already moving on earth and He's seeking to touch and restore people. So that's part of the core of what it is to be evangelistic, is to try to follow the Spirit in what He does with everyone if you're christian or non-christian it doesn't really matter it's actually the same thing i say that all the time that it is not different to be touring with a bunch of pop musicians or being in a vineyard conference i mean the kingdom of god is near anyway so i mean i've had many times experiences i feel in my body like sometimes if you if you've been a christian for a while and you 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 learn to recognize the presence of the spirit comes on you sometimes. I mean, it, it could feel even physical. You start feeling in your hands a burning or a tingling, or you can feel it in your body. You can feel like almost like you're drunk or any, uh, things like that. You feel it physically. I've had so many times experiences like that in the tour bus when you start talking to people. So it's not different. He's there as well. And you you might see things over people with your spiritualized outside church in your relationship with anyone. I mean, just some friends. And the trick might be that you 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 can't always do it or say it in the same way you say it in church. You can say, "Well, I see the spirit moving on this person, and I I, I can feel the anointing." Or blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> It doesn't really work as well in the tour bus to say that. But I see the Spirit coming over people, and I, I can see the anointing on them, but I can't really say it that way. You have to say it in a slightly different ways. So it, for me, it's super important, the spiritual, and not to hide that. And uh, I mean, when I my friends talked to me about my like, Christian life and my, and my church life, and they asked me, they did it just the other week, so, let's um, so say, so I've heard you're part of a church. Yeah, yeah, I am. It's like, but you're not like a normal Christian or anything. How can you like be part of a normal church? You, you don't look or smell like a Christian to me. So how's your church? When they ask, what do you call it? The vineyard. What's that? like? When I explain that, I say that the spirituality side is extremely important in, in our church we're not perfect far from it actually but we want to give room for spirituality in our church and also lately uh, i've been talking quite a lot with people outside church about destructive spiritual experiences i mean the uh, the evil demonic problems and uh, when i talk to them my friends about that i say that yes i am open to this i i've seen that and also part of the message of of Jesus is that he wants to free the world from the power of the evil one. And it doesn't shy away from the demonic, but rather it's challenging the demonic. And I I could say to them that we want to be a church that you could come and you could talk about that in our church. I want to be part of a church that doesn't say that you're crazy because you struggle with demonic fear or demonic whatever it is. So so I would give the spirituality side like one of our unique selling points of our church. It's not a, something that I want to hide, but rather promote as the unique selling point of our church. That's the spirituality should be th- that because that's part of who we are, I think, and what we're supposed to be proud about and never forget, but always cherish and always pray. Come Holy Spirit, uh, one more time, because you never know what's going to happen. So mm. that's how I, I see the spirituality in relationship to the non-church.
0: And I think that sums up the the whole talk very good. Like that, the spirituality is is the foundation, not just out of the Vineyard movement, but out of oh. the, I mean the the Christian faith. That's what it's all about in the first place. And mm. then, of course, as you say, it needs to work together with theology and structures and strategies. Yeah, yeah. But we can never miss that part, and and I think that's also like as you say, and as we've been talking about, it's so core of the vineyard DNA, and 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 for the future, it's something to really hold on to. Like we hear from a lot of people outside vineyard, as you say, that they they've been around the vineyard, and they we have been blessing a lot of people and movement, other movements with with these things, and and it's something to be proud of, but also something to not. Forget that we yeah. have a we have an important role to play in that area, uh, together with other churches that plays their part of the the whole yeah, spectra, yeah. in a way. So, yeah, really
1: good and uh, I mean so
0: thankful. Uh, can for, I, just, can, yeah. I add,
1: can I add a thing in my experiences anyway? What are the the main challenges for us to keep this thing central? There's there's stuff there are things. That, that would be a challenge for us if we want to stay a spiritual movement. And one part that is really challenging, that we need to be able to live with a sense of weakness and risk taking. Because sometimes we feel this is it's too intense to live like this, because you're always like nervous that you're wrong. You're always nervous, nothing's gonna happen. It's much more safe to do things that we we have control over but it's different it's so uh, it's scary to live with risk you're risking to to look like a fool you're risking that people will say that you're crazy or, or whatever so i think that faith is spelled r-i-s-k risk at keeping in a risky place it's uh, we need to be able to live with that if this is going to stay core to our identity We can't sell out to to security and respectability if we want to stay this. It might be a fairly risky thing, but it's, in my experiences anyway, it's so worth it. Mm. It's so worth it because who wants to have a boring life anyway?
0: Mm.
1: Boring but safe is not what I want to do anyway. No, Like a, a safe but boring church movement, it's not... Attractive, if you want to build an attractive, growing church moment, don't build a boring, safe church. I mean, C.S. Lewis writes, Aslan, he's not a tame animal. He's, he's like a wild lion. So we need to be able to live with that, I think, and not settle for the safe route if we want to, to stay a spiritual movement. And sadly, that has been the story of most spiritual renewal, revival type of movements that, I mean, the fire burns strongly in the first generation, but then other things take the place. And that could be that structures and theology and things like that. Secondary, not important, but not unimportant aspects, but but they take the place of, of the fire that kind of started the whole thing. That's sadly the a, a way that it, has happened throughout, I mean, church history. So for us, it will be that we need to try to stay close to the core and dare to stay in the place of risk and and, de- and even desperation sometimes. Because if we want to be see the mo- Spirit moving power in our lives and in our churches, I think we need to stay desperate. If we don't desperately want it, usually it just fades away in the background. And that's not something that I... I don't want want that to happen in my life. As you grow older, I mean, maybe you're on fire when you're young, and then you safety and stability, things like that, take the place of the exciting kind of ride of following the spirit. I don't want to. I don't want to live like that anyway. I know it's a challenge and it's hard and and everything, but it's. I think it's worth it anyway. I mean, every time you kind of. See God do things like this again, then you feel like, oh wow! Why didn't I do? Why don't I do this every day? I mean, I have, for example, experiences with a friend. We were doing a gig and we're driving together to another city, so we have hours to talk. And of course, we start talking about spirituality and God and things like that. And it turned out that she was really open to spirituality. And he, she asked me also about my church and the vineyard and all that. What's that about? And I told I told her about the come Holy Spirit type of spirituality. And, and while we were driving, I say, maybe you want to try it. We can try it now. I'm driving, so I can't really lay my hands on you. But I can say the come Holy Spirit, and you can just sit there and wait. So we did. I mean, it happened in the car as well. I mean, the power of God hit her. and. And she felt it—body, soul, spirit—and stuff happened. And I mean, after that, I mean, going to bed at night at the hotel, you feel like, "Wow, this is crazy. I could do this every day. I mean, I could—I could pray for every anyone. I mean, God could do it anywhere. Even when I was driving the car, I mean, back to to a gig with someone who's not. I mean, so every time you you do it again or or open up again, at least. I feel like, wow, this is so, this is really amazing. The kingdom of God is near. And why don't I pray this every day? Why why don't I do this every day? Why do I settle for safe, theologically sound, or philosophically sophisticated or structurally perfect church life? Why why do I settle for this when the kingdom of God is near and the spirit wants to move? in our lives and among our churches and so that that i mean this is really on my heart it was good that you asked me to come because this is like right at the core if if i should talk to christians and, and be in church i would talk about the spiritual side to be honest i'm not super interested in other aspects either i mean like the structural or, or whatever other people could do that i'm not that's not my thing really so i'm happy to to kind of push this pedal as hard yeah. as I can
0: and it, 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 it <laughs> is important and I think as you say like it's so important to have all pedals in line or sometimes more on the other maybe but I mean really make sure you you don't lose track and I mean, the spiritual part is really setting the, the target, it's really learning and showing us where to go. And if we don't have that, it doesn't matter what structures we have, because we don't know how what to structure if we don't know where to go <laughs> or what God is doing and, and forming. So yeah. And thank you so much. I mean, you're yeah. a great example. and. Uh, privilege for our, our movement i would say to have this this voice uh in this area and if we were to sum up this what would you like out of like one thing that you we've been speaking about today what do you hope and wish
1: would challenge people in the coming time ahead maybe it's seems too simple but it is uh maybe it's true that the kingdom of god is near and if so that should set the agenda for our lives and our movement to stay right at the core of the Christian faith, that the announcement of that the kingdom of God has come near through Jesus and the power of the Spirit, and that the kingdom of God is near in our time, in our churches and in our life through the presence of the Spirit. So that, if that's true, the challenge is that that should set the agenda of our lives. Every morning, the kingdom of god is near every morning the presence of the spirit is so close just a prayer away just uh, opening up our lives so so i would say that the kingdom of god is near that's the main challenge or yeah and and then maybe that also answers the next question
0: if you were to design a billboard or write something on the billboard what would that say the kingdom the ho- of God is near. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. Okay, thank you so much, Andreas, for joining in here today. It's been a privilege for us, and I truly believe that this will inspire us all, and maybe help us and spark a little, what do you say, fire in us to push on this pedal and and to just try for ourselves and do the stuff and and in our own quiet times and with our in our own time with friends. And also as a community, as churches together, that we have more eager to try this out. And, and when we do that, we will see God do things amongst us. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to follow the Vineyard Nordic movement and everything that is happening, you can go to Facebook and Instagram and follow us under Vineyard Nordic. You can also help us by subscribing to this podcast on the different podcast platforms. When doing that, you will also get an update every time we have a new episode out. So again, thank you and see you again next time. Bye bye.